Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album or band or entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of that time. Like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. And of course, I am joined by a couple of guys I had to kick out of my apartment recently for getting blood on the wall. <laughs> Not cool, guys. Not cool. And I'm the senior boy. <laughs> Noah. And I am Adrian, the unproducer. Oh, yes. Oh, and yeah. Caleb, happy early unbirthday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, today is my unbirthday, I guess. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm your host, junior boy, senior. <laughs> Nice. You know, I'm a senior, I guess. Very nice. Yeah. How's it going, everyone? I can't complain. Um, I'm a little bummed, dude. David Crosby died. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I heard. One of my favorite Twitter follows. Yeah. I especially like what he what he had to say about hip hop on Twitter. <laughs> my favorite was when he would uh judge people's joints. Yeah, yeah, that was actually pretty tasteful. <laughs> I was actually the uh, day he died. I was at a bar, my little local shithole bar. Sponsor the show. The oh yeah, want to shout him out? I, I guess we uh, can't shout him out. We'll give it like a pseudonym. We were at the O'Sullivan House. <laughs> no, that was my old old bar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can shout him out. Carry House Bar on Piedmont Avenue. There you go. Enter at your own risk. Yep. But there was this old lady there. She was probably like 70. And she was like, it's so sad. David Crosby died. It's so sad. I was like, what? He's lucky that he fucking <laughs> lived that long. That's yeah. literally not sad. He's lucky he made it past the year 1981. Yeah. Nonetheless, to the age of 81. It's miraculous. <laughs> And everybody was like, David Crosby? Wait, who's that again? I was like, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I do that exact same anecdote to somebody. <laughs> People don't know his solo stuff. That's a damn shame. Yeah. He was still but, cranking it out. He was probably. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That uh, one of those last couple albums actually had some pretty good tracks on there. Gotta love a guy that charters an airplane on a court ordered rehab stint and smokes crack. <laughs> it's a highly addictive substance. They don't build them like that no more. Yeah. He had to do what he had to do. But, you know, <laughs> uh, speaking of substance abuse and David Crosby um, and this show, Noah, you, oh. you have a, you have a personal anecdote about David ran, Crosby. RIP. Yeah. I ran into the man. Uh, this would have been around. 2002 i want to say uh i was at my high school all of our high school our alma mater saint joseph's and uh Go santa maria santa maria california and uh i was at volleyball practice and this guy comes in he's like hey you guys got to clear the court 
here at the court. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, we got some speakers coming in here. They're doing a thing. It's a drug court graduation. And I was like, wait, what? We don't graduate till next year. That's all of our drug court graduation. No, I'm a proud alma mater. But uh, I don't know if you guys are actually alumni. No, just to interject here momentarily, I actually am a graduate of drug court. And oh, look yeah. at you now, dude. You're so you know. the producer of a podcast. Um, but drug court, to refresh your memory, it was actually a pretty cool program. It was like yeah. if you got caught with like small doses of drugs instead of going to jail you would complete like a 12-step program and then save my ass graduate so it was like an educational program about substance abuse and uh they're like you got to clear the court and we're like well that's lame dude i'm high right now um they're like david crosby's coming and i was like oh shit david crosby doesn't wait for anybody let's <laughs> clear the court empty your pockets what do you yeah. got for them <laughs> So I'm sitting out on the steps of the gym and I was like, shit, I'm going to wait, see if I can see David Crosby when he shows up, he pulls up, he's got, he's not driving. Like, I don't think he had a license. <laughs> His like manager, they pull up in like a little tiny little, like uh Mercedes Me. convertible. Yeah. And he walks out and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm going to go get his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> so I run up to him. And uh, I was like, hey, Mr. Crosby, can you uh, sign? I All I had was like a book. And I was like, can you sign this book? And it was like a, a copy of uh, Shakespeare, Much Ado About Nothing. <laughs> which, hey, maybe apropos of who was signing the book. But well, uh, They made us read that in um, 10th grade. Yeah. So it was like, or yeah, something in 11th grade or something. Yeah. So he signs the title, the cover page, and he turns the book around. He's like, good book. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm a fan. I love that song, Ohio, which looking back, he probably <laughs> oh. took as like an insult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's a fucking Flamed Neil Young. That's a Neil Young song. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Uh, they take that shit like seriously. I didn't realize that till like about a number of bands, but like if you get the songwriter wrong or attribute it to the band when it's yeah. really like, like it's yeah, it's a bit of a faux pas amongst like yeah. certain fans or like you know kind of people but I, take it a little too seriously. I think I redeemed myself because I had like long shaggy hair, and I was like, yeah, I, good thing I almost didn't cut my hair today. And he's like, that's <laughs> fucking Steven Stills. <laughs> nah, I think that Strike was him too. <laughs> uh, but he's like, yeah, right on, man, right on. I still have, like, hey, do you have any, uh, <laughs> do you have any wool oh, yeah. light and uh, a torch lighter, <laughs> a cotton ball, maybe? Yeah, but then it was great because we got his autograph and I went to my friend's car. And I was like, dude, let's roll up a joint on <laughs> David Crosby's autograph. <laughs> and we're smoking weed. And then there's these, a bunch of people that were like there to like celebrate the graduation of, uh, you know, whatever drug, their family drug members, drug court. Yeah. And they started smoking weed like in the front of the the gym. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, legalize it. Uh, and dude, and look, we won the war on drugs. <laughs> Shit's legal now. But he looked good. It was about... weird. He's one of those guys that like, 
aged all at once, like in the eighties from his <laughs> yeah, drug habits, and then off. looked the same for like forty years after. Yeah, he kind of like carried the same amount of weight and like always had the stash and like the long stringy hair and like the like you know the signature round face and shit. So it's like yeah, he kind of that like, was that was the most have a lot of downhill to go towards. That was the most effective uh, anti-drug PSA when he would be in the news and he was like in jail and some like work release program. And they're like, the warden made him shave his signature mustache and cut his hair. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time he got arrested, he's one of those dudes who would like compound it. They're like, not only did he have crack cocaine on him, he had a fucking gun on him. Or like his dick was oh, out, yeah. or like yeah, it was yeah. always like an and kind of. I thought scenario. we were partying. Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he lived in like wealthy Santa Barbara County. So yeah, yeah, he lived down in sideways country. Sheriffs were just looking to fucking make headlines with the guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that's it. Maybe that's why he was at St. Joe's. Was the 805 connection? Oh yeah, that that was his probation. He couldn't leave Santa Barbara I wonder County. If we have like Eskimo uh, brother <laughs> weed deal. Dillard he was uh, <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> like Kevin Bacon thing with like six degrees getting, of yeah, getting whatever dealers. sort of dope we were trying to get. I don't know. He was uh, Michael Jackson's neighbor, he had like the neighboring ranch, yeah, as was Steven Seagal for a short yeah, period of time. Like but him. I think he, I think he lost that ranch because he was um, he's like dicking around with like his nanny or something, his wife divorced him. Uh, but I guess David Crosby famously did grow really good weed i think mm-hmm. he yeah i think he uh, well from what i remember from his latest uh tweets his <laughs> wife was the one that was start was chris uh growing the weed and uh yeah he's still still going at it. it i'll i'll smoke it <laughs> but anyways he's dead r.i.p r.i.p was yeah. he Canadian or no? He's one of the LA. dude. I just looked it up for the sake of the segue. No, he was born in LA. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn it, dude. That'd be a perfect segue. So let's he's do a clunky segue. The LA birds. Yeah. All right. What's the uh? What are we doing today, brother Noah? Okay, today we have episode. What is it? Thirty-eight. 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 And we got from the year two thousand and four. Junior boys last exit yeah their and, debut and obviously this being our 38th episode uh it's dedicated to 38 special uh the formidable southern rock band uh who was fronted by uh donnie van zant what was the hit was yeah what was i was trying hold to hold on loosely Oh, oh yeah, it's loose. kind of it's kind of a jam. It was always on the um, it was one of those comps or whatever that oh, they always like had like the commercials for. Yep. I yep. think it was either Monsters or Rock, or they might have had like a Southern Greasy Fried Rock one, or maybe, I don't uh, know. I think that you're right. Did one, but I think they did have a Southern. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it there. up here. It says 38 Special never made it to CD nor MP3. You can only buy that as a cassette. <laughs> At a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) And or a car wash. That's true. Or you can hear it over the CB radio. CB radio. (laughs) Is that song good? That song might suck. No, they suck. I mean, because like, you know, that dude's famous because his brother, I guess brothers were in Leonard Skinner. There's Ronnie. Right? No, they're from Jacksonville, Florida, baby. 
Oh, Florida uh, Rock. Yeah, his brother Ronnie Van Zant, fallen racist of uh, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and then uh, his also had another brother named Johnny Van Zant. I'm was, always waiting uh, to who is turn. currently in Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And always I'm not wait, sure if they have a brother if they have a brother named Lonnie or anything. I, I didn't find anything. I think that, but. there was a guy named Lonnie in the band though, right? Yeah, probably. Johnny Lonnie Ronnie. Donnie. I'm always waiting to it's turn like, uh, the corner on Leonard Skinner and just be like, yeah, I'm a full out Leonard Skinner fan, but I, I can never quite get there. <laughs> um we have Street Survivor on a vinyl and flames or no here. flames. Dude, with flames. <laughs> uh, my homie was helping what? me. Um, That's worth some money. Yeah, he was helping me adapt my uh, record shelf, like, you know, do some work on it. And, like, we had to pull it out. And he's like, oh, dude, you got the flame one. I was like, no, I don't. I was like, oh, shit. I totally do. <laughs> I think we oh, got wow. it from secondhand from somewhere, obviously. But um, I don't remember, like, it costing an arm or leg, you know. Huh. I don't think I'd spend that much money on there. But uh, there's some good greasy riffs on there. All right, anyway. enough of that. Anyways, <laughs> let's go way up north for this, baby, bad boy. Let's talk about some indie stuff. Yeah, hold uh, on loosely, baby. Um, all right, what do we do on this podcast, Caleb? Do the intro again. Reset. <laughs> <laughs> Re- <laughs> We're just going to go back. Mark Crack can the um, last 15 minutes. Let's just speak. Uh, Adrian, give yeah. us a review of the 2004 debut album from ontario bad boys the junior boys what did uh pitchfork have to say about this album all right well pitchfork was pretty high on this record they gave it a 8.9 and they also gave it a best new music which was uh i think like a year into the best new music so seen pretty highly there it was reviewed by scott plegenhoff who uh, was pretty prolific back in the day i think he tapered off in the in the 2010s but uh he was a one of those common bylines there on pitchfork back in the day pull a little excerpt here from his review uh here we go despite the high dance iq and its luxuriously monochromatic sensuality last exit does Ooh. seem very indie on Teach Me, Greenspan is requesting to show me what it's like to give back pain, as this paper-thin voice projects honesty, vulnerability, and the puppy-dog loyalty of sentimental pale-skinned boys. So thankfully, that's the fey, anglocentric early 80s sense of the phrase indie then, albeit dressed up with graceful, hopeful romanticism rather than self-deprecating fatalism. At times, that, that sense, sense of hope seems buried under throbbing beats or kept at arm's length by cold, pristine sonics, but dip your toes beneath that sleek surface and you'll find an album of great warmth, beauty, and even soul. Hmm, interesting. I think that is a pretty accurate summation of the the record in the way that, the kind of the vibe of the record. They mentioned his voice, and I'll just throw this out right now. Breathy vocal alerts, alerts, alerts. But it kind of works for this type of genre where he's kind of doing like a a very breathy, kind of sexy voice, kind of sleazy sounding. Well, everything uh, is very sensuous and very like yeah, kind it's of refreshing. light touch almost. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to have the kind of more airy, breathy vocals. Because uh, yeah. I think heavier vocals would, yeah, I think they might over overpower things i don't know it just wouldn't feel quite right yeah. so yeah 
I, I totally uh, yeah it makes it less shrill more yeah like, there you go less shrill that's kind of yeah. like uh i called them fuck boy vocals <laughs> you know kind of like somewhat <laughs> sensitive but not like yeah not too uh horny no, but it's refreshing because a lot of times on this podcast we come across, you know, young white men trying to explain the world and their predicament and angst. Dude, I'm right. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> but this one was refreshing where it's like, no, nah, this is more about just like having sex. <laughs> yeah. It's not casual hookups. Yeah. But it's respectful. I don't know. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. So um, I guess like, you know, we can uh, kind of set the stage with like what their deal was. And, um, you know, they come from a, a lineage of, you know, kind of what they were touching on, kind of like it's dance music, but it's kind of um, oriented around indie rock, you know, kind of more uh, underground sounds. It's, it's a melange of things. There's like a little bit of techno, a little bit of house, a little bit of, you know, maybe some experimental kind of uh computer-based music and stuff going on there so yeah i mean i i feel like their contemporaries were bands like hot chip or cut copy and then like fellow canadians manitoba slash caribou you know where it was kind of this group of bands that were not quite dance music but not quite fully yeah avant-garde you know, kind of more noise or soundscape based stuff, you know, still kind Indie of Indytronica. Yeah, Indytronica. Yeah, definitely used more or less conventional songwriting structures and you know, like kind holy of holy ghost remember that? lyrics and stuff. <laughs> yeah, holy ghost was on there. Another um, ghost band. Yeah. Holy so, I guess that was their deal. And then them being Canadian, that was helpful. Canadian Canada was having a moment. It was yeah. like the it was the Canadian decade. I think a lot of things are like things were coming. There's a lot of things colliding here. So it's like, yes, the Canadian Canadian New York was on the rise here. I mean, obviously, uh, Broken Soldier Scene, who we covered, you know, as our first record, uh, first, uh, our first record, our first episode. Uh, Check it out, know. episode one. It's out on vinyl. So, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Um, S1E1. Check it out. But, you know, there's everyone that was uh kind of around their group of you know whether it's feist and metric and all of these other bands that were kind of coming up in that scene and then there's all these other pockets of little local canadian scenes that are that are coming up too at this time and i think also electronic music and 80s and 70s kind of disco mm -hmm. and and pop and r&b yeah you know stuff uh or inspired stuff was kind of popping off especially you know around 2002 2003 i think they refined it to a point and I think they're kind of like the bridge to what came later, which was much more, like very much eighties influenced stuff mm. like twin shadow or whatever. Yeah, yeah dude, you know? I was racking my brain last night. Was like, <laughs> what was the twin band that sounded like this? Yeah, exactly. Twin shadow was like one guy, right? Or... It's the one dude. I, I forget his name. Oh, I like uh, that guy. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta revisit that. Is he from right, like Idaho but... or something? Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe a Midwest guy. Can't is he dead? No, he's he's still around. I think he's still okay. kicking it. Still releasing music. But you know, I think if they had come out maybe like two three years later, they would have been huge. I think that because they came out a little early, they were more influential than they were huge in terms of like the sound and the things that they were doing. 
mm-hmm. uh, maybe not influential, but they they were kind of on the the, the very kind of cutting edge there of, of that kind of style or pulling those kind of styles into indie rock. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why this record ended up becoming so highly acclaimed is because it was kind of like, Oh, you know, they're pulling all these eighties things, but they're doing this kind of, you know, it's kind of an interesting electronic thing and it's not exactly electro clash, which was a little bit more punk rock kind of feeling, mm-hmm. right. A little bit more not rock. dance punk, yeah. not dance. Yeah. Punk, right. It kind of is- like, took from i feel like its influences from the previous decades like the 80s were more like synth pop and like yeah. you know new wave less like I, post-punk kind of more harder edge i think in uh more dissonant stuff i think in 04 you had a movement where there was like that like disco was definitely on the coming back uh people taking influence from that like earnestly you know disco wasn't a gimmick Right. There was sort of a house revival thing going on mm-hmm. with like Chicago house. There's definitely a Detroit techno stuff. Cause I think it was just proliferating on the internet where it was easier to find these 12 inch singles and stuff. Well, the blogs and the MP3s were starting yeah. up too. The blogs would cover these electronic bands as if they were just, you know, indie rock bands, you know, it was, it was, it was a blending of, you could be at a festival now and have the same fans that, you know, would go check out the Hercules love affair tent on their way to the <laughs> modest mouse big stage or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Totally. It was like, an atti- the- it was the attitude era. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big tent. Yeah. Anything went <laughs> well, it's just like, there was this, I think things were still kind of uh, not experimental, but bands were still kind of, I think it got more refined later. And yeah. and that's when like stuff like Twin Shadow, like that stuff where it is kind of like, all right, we're, it's like the, the end result here is what, you know, can, comes out as Twin Shadow is basically where it's all, you know, finely tuned. Everything is produced really nicely. And like, this kind of starts here. Cause like, this is really nicely produced. This is really pulled together mm-hmm. really well. And it's not as loose as something like even something like the DFA, which is tight, but it's not, it's got more of a different groove than this, which is much more, yeah, it's much more house or techno oriented where it's, you know, clean and and crisp. And, and even though there's, you know, some, some textures to it, it's just, it's more, uh, uh, well, electronic and much more, um, you know, uh, mechanical sounding in the groove. Yeah. It was kind of like everybody remembered that like new order, a great, kind of electro dance band Mm -hmm. came out of the afterbirth of a punk band yeah totally and it was kind of tracking along those same kind of evolutionary yeah moments throw out some uh similar groups of the era just if you remember because this took me down a lot of memory lane like sally shapiro oh yeah disco uh romantic right yeah glass candy i like that uh, yeah Cut copy, I think you already mentioned hot chip. Yeah, yeah, I think they sound a lot like cut copy. Chromatics. Chromatics, yeah, definitely. The Juan McLean. Mm, uh, Air France, I had here as well. Oh, yeah, Air France. Fuji and not from Miyagi, France, right? Fuji no, I believe they're Miyagi. Swedish or something, right? Um Fuji and Miyagi was a German, I believe. But Swedish. there was a bunch of these they're bands. All Swedish. Because as there was a bunch of growing, yeah. As there was a bunch of growing indie scenes that were getting big on the internet, 
every one of these kind of scenes always had a band like this, like a mm-hmm. more electronic mm-hmm. version that would fit in with your listening habits as like a young person listening to blog rock at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely true. Again, I think it comes down to where like the level of refinement and the level of production, the level of, and the level of influence on other, you know, cause like the, these guys are obviously, we're all, they're all pulling from like, yeah, it's new order and stuff like that, but they're also pulling from stuff like Depeche mode or yellow magic orchestra or things that are a little bit more, you know, sophisticated pop or sophisticated electronic pop or whatever, where it's a little bit more, it's not as loose. And if you can sense that, right. Um, it's very warm. It's very lush. It's very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sensuous in those in yeah. the sense of like sense you know having senses right what um, happened was people saw donnie darko and some were like i want to go this joy division route and other people were like i like the church <laughs> you know that, that's mm-hmm. my that's my bag mm-hmm. uh and then some people are like i like tears for fears yeah and never the twain shall meet yeah or maybe the twain meant a lot in this era I think it did. I, I think the twain I'm still figuring out quite a bit. It was, uh, the, it was the decade of the twain. It was decade of the twain for sure. Why don't we get into a little bit of album background? Because there's, it's. I have a brief amount of stuff here. It's not. They're not. Wasn't too much background info on these guys. Uh, I don't know. If that's because they are Canadian and they just don't have that kind of. They don't put that history down on paper anymore or uh, whatever. No, you got to get a VPN and go on the Canadian. <laughs> yeah, <video>. exactly. No <laughs> that's where you get all the good information. Uh, no, but anyways. Uh, so as we mentioned, these guys are from Hamilton, Ontario, where last exit was recorded. They began recording it in late 2003 and finished it up through through the end of the year there. It was produced by Junior Boys themselves, who are Jeremy Greenspan and Matt Dynamis. Dynamis, Dynamis. The record also contains songs written with former member Johnny Dark. Uh, which Johnny Dark? That's a pretty good that's electronic. A, that's name. a that's a real name. Yeah, Johnny Dark. I don't. I mean, I'm guessing it's a stage name, but uh, be pretty cool if it was that's a real good, name. That's a good name. The album was released on June seventh, two thousand four, by Kin Records in the UK. I'm not too familiar with Kin, but I think they were pretty popular at the time. Uh, I couldn't really find too much info about them either. But it was later released on September 21st, 2004 in the US by Domino Records, who we've talked about before. One of the Whoa, kind of major indie, Domino. Uh, indie labels. And this is, as Noah mentioned, is the Junior Boys debut studio album. Uh, so the band formed by Jeremy Greenspan, Johnny Dark in 1999 up in Hamilton. And they spent a few years collaborating, they had a lot of rejection, a lot of near misses. They basically went to every label and, you know, everyone was like, no, uh, shut the door on them. So eventually Johnny Dark left to pursue his own interests. And it seemed like that was going to be that for a little while until. What do you uh, do, porno or something? <laughs> like I got I the name. He, <laughs> yeah, right. I think he, uh, he went on to do some other um band and music related stuff but eventually greenspan got asked by a friend if he could host some music on their blog or or website or something like that and that got the attention of critics so a bunch of writers reached out and asked for demos or whatever and so greenspan sent a bunch of the junior boys demos out to to critics and that's kind of how the buzz started and uh you know in the blogosphere let's say 
mm-hmm. and that that eventually got the attention of record of the record labels and you know the, that's kind of how it worked in that era uh with a lot of these artists where they would blow up on the internet in this new thing called blogs and you, you would you know, go read a little blurb download an mp3 and you could find a lot of cool shit that way uh, and then there's like a million of blogs with doing all kinds of different stuff and all, you know, whatever subgenre you wanted, you could find it. Oh yeah. But, I got fat on that shit with the media fire. Yeah. Yeah. Mega upload. Yeah. Shout out. It was genres on genres on genres. So what would you say was like the division, definitive, like buzz term genre that these guys are Adrian, do you know? Canadian. I mean, I would say they're basically electropop, dance pop. I mean, Indietronica obviously is kind of like the cutesy term or whatever, but I'm sure bands hate all of these terms. Um, I would just say they're like, yeah, electronic pop. I don't know. I don't think we have to get too much deeper than that, but uh, but there no was wave. a million no labels wave for sure. Involved. <laughs> no, no, there wasn't a chill wave. It wasn't a, it wasn't a wave. You it, was, know, it was all before that. Uh, it wasn't a pop. I mean, electro pop, I guess, signifier. synth pop. I don't know. I mean, it, it was all stuff that had already existed. There was, and any kind of labels, either they fell off or it was just like, you know, some, some writer taking the piss or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the qualifier yeah. was like indie and then whatever got attached to that was just like things that signified it didn't have like, you know, the guitars I mean, yeah, and live drums or whatever. So it wasn't right. the rock end of that spectrum, but. I mean, there, and then there was all kinds of like, because eventually some of it kind of became derisive or whatever, right? And like, I think that's what a lot of bands hate being labeled, you know, because there's like the blog house and all this other shit that's yeah. just like, you know, it's a huge umbrella that there's tons of great artists and tons of bad artists, but, you know, they kind yeah. of all get lumped together. Um, a moniker does not a music scene make, you would say. There you go. Throw that on the t shirt. <laughs> uh, so then, Basically, at the end of 2002, Kin Records heard the demo, uh, the Junior Boys demo that Greenspan and uh, Johnny Dark did, and asked for more material. So Greenspan got together with his engineer, Matt Didymus, and uh, they put together some new material. And the the label released the birthday last exit single uh, in October of 2003 after they signed with them. And uh, the High Come Down EP came uh, a little bit later in February of 2004. So after releasing the single and the and the EP, they basically were getting showered with acclaim from the various internet websites, and the the full length was you know hotly highly anticipated. And I kind of remember this happening. I kind of remember reading like you know Pitchfork news about this stuff um, because it also leaked, I believe, early on, and like I don't know, shortly after the EP came out, but. Uh, yeah, so it was leaked, and then that helped also kind of blow things up a little bit. And uh, eventually it was released in uh, late 2004 in the U.S. And um, yeah, and then from there, it just it, it, they kind of got huge in, uh, in, the, in the indie scene. And uh, it became one of the more acclaimed records of the year. It landed on a bunch of year-end lists, including Pitchforks, where it was at 28. It was also on all music's end of the year list on the village voices end of the year list where it was at 41 uh coke machine glows end of the year list which was uh which was ah, a coke periodical. Machine glow. Whoa, r.i.p that's a blast for the yeah, past dude. yep that was uh, a good one 
it landed at 19 on theirs list. Yeah, I missed Coke Machine Glow, uh, RIP, along with Tiny Mixtapes. And OG and, Stereo Gum. Uh, yes, OG Stereo Gum. Those are, that was like my, my triumvirate back in the day, I think. Yeah, it was that, molds.com, rotten.com, <laughs> WTF tiny, hipster, tiny mix stuff tape, white people like, hipster or homeless, uh, hipster or homeless, accidental Asian hipsters. Uh, what was it? The OG uh, box office mojo. Uh, what was the vices, the list that they would do? The, the do's and don'ts. Oh, buddy head, yeah. Cindy Margulies.com. <laughs> You think Free she's still, ones. You think uh, you think what's your face is still the most uh WWF Divas.com. Oh, Cindy Margulies, the most <laughs> downloaded woman. You think that still holds up? Mm, yeah, because now in the age of streaming, you're not really downloading anything. Hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to do some research <laughs> on this. And last as it also landed on Pitchfork's 200 of the 2000s list at 76. So it's yeah, good showing it's good placing. It, it, it basically got you know universal acclaim following its release, and we kind of talked a little bit about the unbirthday and some of the bonus tracks earlier, but uh, or mentioned them I should say. But when it was released in the U.S., it did come with four additional tracks, including unbirthday, Caribou's remix of birthday, Fennis's remix of last exit, and a new track called a certain association. And I actually think that that was. Uh, good call they're good songs i don't know if they were necessary but i like listening to them they're like 20 minutes all together too so like you know like spotify just just it's just fucked up when it comes to like you know releasing a whole album or having a whole album out out, you know on the service it's always like weird extended versions and shit you can't just listen Mm -hmm. to like the the initial release you know Mm -hmm. yeah so that was the one I was listening to, yeah. and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then I was like, this album's an hour and a half long. Like, what the fuck? And then it's those three songs that really, really add that to that. That was cool, length. man. But those mean, songs I are think, cool. I think it's still happening to this day, yeah. the whole remix. But like that was like yeah. bonus tracks. Age yeah. of the remix. Yeah. Well, then you would sure. find out about people and shit. I remember like Fenez. Well, how do you say it? Fen Fenny? Fenris? I don't know. Fenris. I always just say yeah. Fenez. But remember or Fenio or Roke? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That record's the the one of those records I, I really Yeah, like. that was a cool remember. time in the two thousands where like people yeah. that mastered records were getting famous because they were like <laughs> doing remixes and shit, weirdo solo albums. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the remix thing was cool. I remember like I had a fucking like Melvin CD and like Lustmore oh, yeah. did a remix or whatever. It's like I, I got to find out like who Lustmore was, you know. Like that's how you kind of find out about DJ, not like DJs and producers and kind of people mm-hmm. working in different spaces that were, you know, not just bands, like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of singular musical entities, solo artists, what have you. And then you like kind of tap into that world too through the art yeah. of a remix. But it so we got to thank um, the... Puff Daddy. Remember we invented the <laughs> remix? Well, it's it all true, started. Right? I, I would say the remix to Ignition was the. Uh set it all off and yeah r.i.p listening to that song (laughs) oh boy beep beep (laughs) um (laughs) uh, but definitely i think that that's actually kind of a big i think that's probably still pretty big in the in dance music where totally artists are remixing each other and stuff and like Uh, it's still a great way to to find new artists but that 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 crossover with you know indie rock or 
what have you at that time. That was, that was, that was a cool treat. Yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot. I mean, you're, like you're saying, there was full <laughs> yeah. records of this stuff being released full, you know, full record remixes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for, for background info, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. Canadians. Nice. Right on, man. All right. Well, why don't we all just take a quick little break and we'll be right back and we'll talk about our personal Canadian histories. Sounds good, brother. All right. And we're back. Hope that break was rewarding for everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've come to the to the the period of the show where we talk about our backgrounds, our personal histories with this album. Who would like to start it off? I can go first because I realized listening to this album the last couple of weeks, I really had no history with this band. I don't think I ever listened to this album. And to be quite honest, I think I confused these guys with the junior boys, which was more of like a dance punky kind of band. Noah, I want to read you um, something. This is from my notes section. Honestly, I had them confused with junior senior. (laughs) I was not looking forward to listening. (laughs) I think was junior senior Canadian too. Maybe. Nah. Might as well be. I feel like they're European, maybe, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who did you have them confused with? Junior, senior. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, said, you said the junior boys. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Junior, senior. Yeah. I also, a, yeah. Um, was it Move so Your Feet? Was that their song? Yeah. yeah. It's like everybody. With the cool video. Yeah. So they're like an Ursance, like Daft Punk, I think was there too. <laughs> like, yeah. A little, yeah. Kind of great value Daft Punk. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very I remember, I don't know if you guys are at this party, but I went to like a wild ass party in Santa Maria. Everybody was like dancing their ass off. And it was a, it was like a mustache party where people were like drawing mustaches on themselves. But uh, my buddy who was hosting it just played that junior senior album and everybody just had a crazy dance party. It was, it was wild. Never, you never wiped that off, that mustache off. Now I know I grew in. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to grow in. That uh, like, think that's people... a good encapsulation of that band, that era, and that, that era, definitely. Yeah. What were you saying? Kinda... I was gonna say, do you think that the people who got the mustache finger tattoos? Do you think how do you think those guys are and gals are fear pairing these days? Oh yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> It's weird because, yeah, I've had a mustache for shit like 10 years now. And I know it's like silly and dumb, but uh, for years, I'd all, people would be like, oh, yeah, nice stash now. But now it's like so many people have it's mustaches. Standard. Now. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's like back. standard. And then like everyone who has them is like pushing 40. And then it's just like, no, I just have a mustache. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> it just grows into you, you know? But I feel like now a lot of people try to have like a badass mustache. And it's like, no, dude, I have like. Yeah, I just have like a normal too much, mustache. Bro. Yeah. I have like the standard shitty dad mustache <laughs> that, I mean, shit, I'm part Mexican. dude. You got to have a mustache <laughs> at one point in your fucking life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I was, I, I had one for a number of years and I just parlayed it to whatever, whatever this is. Beard, goatee, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I didn't have any history really with this band or this album for sure. I never heard it. 
I think at one point I did hear their follow-up album to this. Was that called like something goodbye? So this is goodbye. So this is goodbye. I remember my buddy who was also at that mustache party, uh, my uh, buddy, or all of our buddies, uh, shout out Ken. Uh, he had it at his, and uh, he, we listened to it one night before we were about to go out and we were kind of like, this is a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> this is tranquil. Um, so yeah, I never, uh, not I junior ne- senior. I never got into these guys, but it's weird because I was circling so many of these bands that are kind of considered their contemporaries, like hot mm-hmm. chip and all those bands we mentioned earlier. Yeah. You're all about the hot chip. back in the day. Yeah. I love that album. I mean, I, I don't know if it, I think it might hold up because Hot Chip was like doing some weirdo kind of craft working sort of detached. Do you think Hot Chip feels like they like dropped the bag by not doing their own brand in one chip challenge, Hot Chip? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, kicking themselves. I'm going to email their publicist tonight. Hot Chip was like- cool. A lot of this music though, too, in 04, I was getting into, you know, craft work, which is just like the best fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Like you have to pay like any band that makes kind of electronic music. You got to like, you're almost, it's kind of like metal where you're almost always doing an homage to black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this type of music. You're almost always doing an homage to, craft work in a way sort of like uh that simpsons did it mean but like craft work did it craft work did it yeah with like the song structures you got the build up you got the groove you got the beat drop and all that stuff the textures i mean everything everything plus just all the gear and the tech they were using they were Mm -hmm. just like they had that so dialed in i mean fucking the classic is africa Mbata fucking like saved up flew to germany to yeah. like learn how to fucking synthesize beats and shit with them and then came back and you know was very responsible for the development of hip-hop so it's yeah, like change like, the face of hip-hop yeah yeah and then so. also i think around 04 kind of people started to realize like oh shit like in america there was all these yeah chicago house detroit techno there was all these groups that came after craft work like two a year two years after that first Kraftwerk album that were like really changing the game and i think people kind of realized like oh shit yeah like there was people that like made insanely influential music that didn't get recognized at the time because it was like a niche yeah scene you yeah know? Well, it's like means of production and distribution were like very, very localized, but also not like into like publishing the music and or like in the conventional sense of like moving a lot of units. It was like, you know, you give it you do singles to give to another DJ who reinterpolates it. And your 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 main audience is the live audience, you know, at like like warehouse shows, clubs, that kind of thing. That was like how you got famous and how you wanted to be known is like how you kind of handle it. Right. But I sort feel of, like sort of the velvet underground model, right? Sort yeah. of like, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like for so many years, it's one of the only times where uh European 
was kind of the first wave and then American artists was the second wave. Cause usually it's always the other way around. Like America mm-hmm. creates it, Europe takes it. But like in, in that way, when Kraftwerk what did kind of invent a lot of, you know, what we know as electronic music, but then all these pockets throughout uh, the United States took it and kind of ran with it, but it always stayed very niche you know, it stayed very, you know, and then of course it gets overshadowed in the United States because uh, hip hop came out of that too. Which yeah. Then just exploded. But anyways, really no history. So this is kind of a first time on this podcast where I don't think I've ever listened to this album. Hmm. Well, but, a blank slate. Yeah. Um, I'll go next because uh, yeah. Speaking I'm, of blank I'm, slates, I also have no N A N slash A, not the drug court kind, but with me, it's not applicable. Is my uh, is that the Scientology history. one? Which one's the Scientology one? What N A? Yeah, one of those the C uh, Well, one of those like drug anon, algonon. One of those is. Are you thinking? Uh, of, are you thinking of synonon? Oh, I don't know. But it, is it one NA that, Narcotics Anonymous? I, I, thought, I thought it was NA. I know one of them is basically a secret, not a secret, but like a, a front for, for getting you into. I probably shouldn't be talking about this because now I'm going to get a million letters and emails from Scientology, probably. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, yeah I think us. I think there was. Anyways, sorry, basically, sorry, what Adrian's trying to say is recovery doesn't work. Don't be a quitter. <laughs> it's all a front to, for to be. Hey, just look at me. Cold. I'm a successful. Uh, I'm a successful drug court graduate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's that's smoke weed whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, NA follows like, and all alcohol anonymous follows like the group therapy ethos of like right. of uh psychology and stuff and so isn't but isn't scientology like anti that where yeah like, well that's the thing it's like how they get you in there and you're thinking like it's going to be like the group thing and then they you know yeah, they're like against then they fill you with shit. the uh yeah then yeah because that all started alcoholics anonymous started when freud was talking about like therapy but it was too expensive for people to have therapists so that's why group yeah. therapy existed because it's, yeah we can do it in a group and there's like group yeah. accountability and all these things anyways but sorry it sidetracked us you know, never catch me at one of those fucking meetings. <laughs> yeah. i go to church and even if i was you couldn't talk about it. i couldn't say you were there or not hey the best forum is you go to church hungover and you do your due diligence <laughs> take your lumps and then you get that first <laughs> sip of wine at communion you're like i'm back baby yeah <laughs> tasted good i wet my whistle yeah oh, take boy. your lumps anyways yeah. bad about yourself um yeah not applicable like i was saying is my history <laughs> um like i think i had heard of them and like i said i like lumped them in with yeah like you know those, those bands that we kind of went over uh earlier um and like i said i thought we were talking about junior senior that's why i made that little snide comment at the during the teaser in the last episode about having this be my last exit um from the show i thought yeah i thought i thought for some reason i thought they were just this kind of smart alecky like 
Maybe I thought they sounded more like Chromio or something, mm. you know, like that mm. kind, kind of, of tongue in cheek, like, winking. Yeah, kind of, kind of snide. Yeah. Uh, like dancier. I guess that's what Junior Senior did. Romeo, um, classic MTV2 band. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, for some reason, I thought it was just going to be. Yeah, anyway, I don't have to get my current reactions. So, yeah, that, that's my history. I, I had them confused with a totally different band. <laughs> and and, um, and even if I kind of like could remember them as foggy as it was, like, yeah, yeah. I knew they were a bloop and bleep oriented band but i had no idea what they yeah, actually sounded I feel like. like caleb you were knee deep in freak folk in 2004 <laughs> i was yeah, freaking in no time for this yeah you know there was some crossover this a little bit it was a like coco rosie i think they were like oh using seeds drum and machines shit. and shit yeah. high, high places maybe high places actually <laughs> well, that's big, a bit very, that's a bit later very yeah. good pull though in terms of like a yeah kind of bridging the, vibe, the freak yeah. folk yeah because the freak folk cut, cut what they called like neo primitiveism or whatever where it's kind yeah. of just like very kind of like not minimal but like sparse well here put it this way see our previous trilogy on animal collective <laughs> if you want to see the the gap being bridged freak folk to electronic yeah so Adrian, this is all on you, dude. What the, what oh, the fuck shit. did you pick this album? What is your history? Well, here's the thing. I also don't have any history with this. I okay, so <laughs> this was always a band for me that was on like the I'll get to it list, right? So oh yeah, there's all these classic. artists that you know you just for whatever reason you're like, well, I, I'll get around to it, you know, and for whatever reason, these guys ended up staying on that list until you know pretty recently, although. Uh, I think I was probably more familiar with them than you guys. I had definitely heard their tracks at least and in passing and maybe even the whole record, but uh, I can't remember exactly, but I never, I never sat down myself to like, listen to these guys, Yeah, which is again, it's weird as we're discussing it because yeah, all, all of the other things around them that we were into like caribou cut copy, like all of the, all of the bands we're talking about, like we're the, that we were all very into. And yet this one kind of, these guys slip under the radar somehow or or you know for whatever reason none of us picked up on them yeah, um, yeah. did they but, ever do a wands basement oh maybe <laughs> wow wands basement wow it's taking me back <laughs> yeah that was um, just a... but anyways i also really like a lot of the 80s touchstones that they're like they're referencing so it, it, it's surprising that i didn't get into them at the time because i really you know i like I, I think that was around when I was getting into New Order, similarly to you know whatever, um, you know, or Yellow Magic Orchestra, or whoever, uh, you know, kind of more um, obscure, Dancing. obscure, uh, yeah, electronic or pop music stuff, or stuff like the Blue Nile or the Bronski Beat or whatever, you know, eighties beats and pop and and the the progenitors of all the, the this Indietronica stuff. Nice. Um, but you know, I, I did like what I had heard. I just it never grabbed me enough for me to sit down and listen. I don't know why, but I do remember I definitely had made some attempts to download their stuff off of uh, Soulseek. Shout out Soulseek. Uh, nice. But I just for whatever reason I never never finished. Was it, the never... file name called like Everybody? <laughs> Move your feet, Junior Boys. <laughs> Weezer Nirvana. Mp3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no. Uh, Marvin. But, you know, I, I don't know why I never like I just again, they just slipped under the radar and I never uh, I never came back to them. But until now, which is a shame. 
Yeah. Should I vent? Should I just get into my current reaction now? Just kind of. No. Well, I had one more download joke. Okay. You went to download Last Exit, and you got Herbert Selby's Last Exit to Brooklyn <laughs> great PDF. Book, by the way. Great, great book. For our letterbox followers, there is that a book? I don't even know. It's a book and a film. Uh, they yeah. made a oh. movie. Yeah, I, uh, not that. It's all right. The movie's all right. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll say one more thing. If we're you know just running through jokes here, it be it's weird. Joke. No, it's just weird that this band has the the name junior in it and they're not like reggae or um like blues <laughs> so that's like a pretty ballsy movie yeah that's true well what dinosaur yeah that's true but that's jr you know uh, like this or jr yeah. yeah i don't know but uh, usually I I, junior, junior, when i'm listening to somebody junior. named junior it's gonna be like some sick reggae or uh junior an old, an old bluesman <laughs> yeah yeah i don't really get why they're called junior boys it doesn't really match what they're doing I, yeah. yeah it's probably it's probably some stupid in junior like, boy sounds like pub rock or something <laughs> i thought it sounded more like just some snotty it's like snotty, uh, snotty laptop rock yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it kind of fits but i don't know it, it's also kind of nonsensical it's like it's gary newman and the junior boys or something they would have loved to you know, being two way army or whatever, they kind of got that Gary Newman thing going. Anyways, oh, Adrian, take it. Yeah, away. so so to bridge it over to the current reactions. So yeah, I I really like the record. Actually, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't that I thought I wouldn't like it. It's just that I wasn't sure if a it would hold up into like today to my current taste and and things I like because I really I am a big fan of electronic music a big fan of dance music I really love house music uh techno techno to a lesser extent but I, I also appreciate it so you know uh it, it seems like a natural kind of thing but it can be rough especially with uh vocals uh introduced into any kind of electronic music so it could really make or break it and these vocals almost on the edge of being annoying, but just they never quite reached that, luckily. And like the production is super, super crisp and, and clean. And I really like how there's air and space because sometimes with dance music, things can get really dense and, you know, layered in ways that that it, it's kind of stifling. I think this allows everything, all the instruments to breathe. It's not, it's not quite sparse, but it's kind of more minimal than than uh maybe some of the other artists like cut copy or caribou uh, so it's, it's economical what yeah I would, what i would call it right exactly in economics <laughs> yeah which is basically just neoliberalism same as in the united yeah. states I'm trying to come up with a loony joke but i'm failing here but anyways um <laughs> i do love a good strong bass line and a, you know some slinky guitar and there's all kinds of that all over this record but yeah, but yeah, I, I I was pleasantly surprised. I I you know the only thing is that it is a very long record, and especially if you listen to those remixes and stuff, which is they are worth listening to. But mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, it, it gets up to the, the hour ten, hour twenty, uh, yeah, the yeah, runtime. So that's that's quite a bit of time. You know what? Um, that stuff would be better suited if you were back in that era, and you mm-hmm. had the CD of mm-hmm. that, and either those are on a second CD or like on a mini, like exactly sure or whatever. And you're like, you kind of select to listen to that. Oh yeah. I'm going to throw that on. Yeah. Listen to that, you know, maybe not at the end of it, but at another time or whatever. Well, a lot of this music was meant for like the 12 inch club single. And like, yeah, 
in the 2000s was an era where it's like, nah, you can make an album about anything, you can mm -hmm. keep it going, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that for me, I think if if anything, they could probably trim these tracks just a bit and it would make the record, I don't know, a little bit more manageable in, in mm -hmm. a way in terms of listening. But I, I like the record. I think that the strong songs are all strong. I didn't there wasn't any moments where I thought were 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 you know annoying or, or weak and and uh and that's really all you can ask for when we're in you know diving into a new band like this uh or new artist or new album that we haven't yeah. heard because uh some of these can be you know some of these don't hold up but this one I felt like yeah it, it held holds up pretty good but that's just uh that's just me uh, what are you what are you guys thoughts yeah I can I can go yeah I'm just relieved this wasn't junior senior um <laughs> What a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I, I dug it, honestly. Like, um, I had like no expectations when I figured out there was a different band and it wasn't kind of what my uh you know expectations were, like my stereotyping of that scene uh, from that era. So um yeah, I thought it was really very kind of slick and like understated, you know. I thought they like I said, they just use a they use a lot of different elements, but they're using a very way you know there's a lot of accents and little kind of micro touches throughout whether that's you know random little pulses or glitches and kind of all the or these like kind of scapey washes and stuff and the way they um yeah don't mix that stuff too high or like hit, hit you over the head with it and they just kind of let that stuff breathe and kind of work it out and tie those elements together yeah so it, it shows like a good handle you know of the genre and like you know a good you know they're they're craftsmen you know they they put together a pretty um you know pretty meticulously constructed record that doesn't sound too showy you know mm -hmm. um yeah and so that, that that was cool to hear and then like you yeah the, the influences you know they're working with a lot but you know um it all blends together you know some stuff's definitely more clubby kind of like minimal like minimal techno four on the floor kind of stuff but then some of it gets away from that you know it uses different kind of beats and you know rhythms and stuff and yeah it's more like you know um house or whatever kraut rock even you know you hear some you're some of that shit here and there um in there um and it's not doesn't veer too into like the new wave you synth pop stuff which i, I can't really I feel like that stuff from that era didn't age as well as this did. There's something just too like sanguine about it and um, a little too horny. I was glad this was a, they kept it in their pants on this one, which is, you know, I always appreciate it. It's just embarrassing when people get horny in Fruit public. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the only musician that really did successfully was Prince and everyone else was just like, uh, no, I'm saying of, of a super certain, horny. Yeah, of a certain genre. I mean, the horny is about too one of the short. greatest gifts. He was That's like, true. I just got it. But obviously, off. these guys aren't too short. I'm saying like the shit. Like, too short wasn't even horny. It was just like a tradition sure. with it. No, it was like, too short was kind of nasty. <laughs> yeah, nasty is probably a better word for yeah. it. Yeah. Too short, it was like, uh, the car needs gas. He was a very... Uh, <laughs> And like Zach actually chore, horny guy. Chore like. Yeah. It's like fuck, I gotta fuck. I, guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I get what you mean though. It um he's like you're saying Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Wait, are you just... Yeah, who are some other sexy 
just people no. that can pull off the lascivious, breathy. I was gonna say like I think... George Michael for sure, but like what I'm saying is in the context of this era of like sure electronic white boy dance music. I think you, know? you don't really get it successfully again until the weekend, right? Yeah, oh, for sure, totally. And I feel like there's some tracks on here that the weekend probably heard. I think um, that's why what made the weekend pretty cool when he first came out because yeah. you could tell he was listening to like a lot of this Canadian kind of I mean, indie stuff. I mean, even like beach house samples, yeah. Now you're like, this sounds like Depeche Mode, like you yeah. know, this dude, sure. like you know, it's got you know, he has taste, he had um, good taste, yes, for yeah. sure. But yeah, so like it's it's cool that it approaches, you know, like the sensuality of dance music and stuff in a way that's not showy or embarrassing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think like you know there is breathy vocals and there's like I said some a certain kind of like sensitive fuckboy energy to it. Well, are these two guys? But like it's not queer? grating, you know. It's it's easy to <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's that? No, I'm saying you because you're saying like they're fuck boy energy, but are they? I don't know. Are they like queer or something? Like, is it more of that? I don't. Like, I don't uh, think so. I think. I mean, they are. yeah. I don't know what their uh, orientations are, or like how they identify well, or anything. But, but but when yeah, you're that's what I'm when saying. obviously not... though that I mean, if you're going to be referencing like Chicago house music, especially and yeah. techno, mm-hmm. those are queer musics. Like that's you true, know, that's yeah. that's where a lot of stuff came in. So you. Either way, you have to have a kind of a reference, a reverence towards it. You know, that's that's like part of the DNA of that music. I I don't I'm not sure exactly, and I don't know if they've talked about it or anything. I didn't dig too deeply into that in that direction of like interviews and stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were, as you're saying. Like, I mean, obviously, dance music is uh, kind of you know came of age and group became popularized mm-hmm. by the you know gay and queer communities yeah Yeah. well i'm just trying to give the breathy vocal a pass because i think if it is like from a kind of un uh uh, yeah non-straight yeah you know what that like uh, yeah that's just fucking well just you know that straight white bro fucking horny energy a definite you know what that dick in your ear a different definition of being like masculine yeah kind of it's a very aggressive breathy vocal but it's like you know it's not it's kind of like a man can sound like this i don't know what the fuck i'm saying (laughs) no i get what you're trying to say i get it yeah 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 totally yeah it's it's yeah the overt sexuality overt sexuality is yeah is yeah it's it's pitched down in a different way it's not less Mm -hmm. present per se or whatever but yeah it's it's a little more its own and unique but it's not like preening you know like it doesn't a lot of that other shit where it's yeah. like maybe there's can to it maybe that's yeah. what i was trying to say mm, yeah you listen to like some other synthy love songs from this time and it's just like yeah. kind of preening and just kind of desperate you know mm. and you're kind of like okay i get it but it's kind of i don't know it works against itself because you're like you're trying way too hard to sound romantic yeah and you actually just you know you're you sound like somebody imitating some like another more romantic you know artist or whatever i think that's what i meant to say caleb is it the breathy vocal camp 
mm-hmm. where it's knowingly kind of yeah i mean upon your first my first couple listens i, I was like this is kind of the dead weight is, is the vocals and kind of the not the best decision but i mean the more i listen to it that's the it's it's kind of like you know understated you know pretty well so it kind of just kind of becomes part of the ambient sound of the, the album and it kind of works it, it does work well like it, it becomes less and less of an issue for me you know um upon you know subsequent listens but yeah and i also share adrian's critique of some of the songs are a little long not necessarily like dead weight and it's not like the album has songs that don't need to be there filler it's the filler comes from just collectively the songs each being about like 45 seconds too long or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah i dug it though you know not like quite over stuff but maybe stretched out is yeah yeah they just need to tighten it up a little bit but as noah pointed out like that kind of makes sense if you are going for like songs that are going to be on 12 inches or going to be played in clubs, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's what I was... Yeah. I can just go for my history now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we might have to edit what I just said. I, I meant to say campy or something. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I felt like I stepped in it. Keep it no, in. No, we're good. We're good. I think... No, we're uh, good, dude. We got to talk through it. We're calling you in, <laughs> not out. And, uh, and if anyone, you know, and if people have uh, opinions or feelings about it, let us know. Call us yeah, out. Cancel yeah. our asses. Cancel our asses. Yeah. That's true. Put us on Twitter. Put us on blast. That's true. Uh, before um, you get into it, I do have some shocking news that uh, I think you guys should know. What? Junior Boys is playing tonight in San Francisco. Oh, I got to go. As we speak... They are probably <laughs> on stage. Funny you should say that, Adrian. I'm outside the venue. Oh the shit! We got our stringer here. <laughs> um, no, they showed up an hour late, so I'm in the parking lot. Uh, anyways, my history. I was gonna say, Caleb and Adrian, we were texting about this. How it does feel long, but like that's just how kind of dancey songs have to be they got to have that Mm -hmm. long runway to drop the beat and there's an expectation within every dance song you have to basically have a kind of stretched out intro build up the beat drop the beat and then you got to have like two or three kind of switch it up to you know for people to keep dancing to the same song so i respect that i wish the album was like six songs then if that's yeah right Six long ass songs. Ten, yeah, I mean, ten is not a long record usually, but these no. ten in particular are, you know. Yeah, quite, so uh, long. I would never say shorten a song, but like, you know, there's a reason why Ohio Players albums are six minutes or six songs because every song is six minutes. So it's like the the length of a dance floor dance, basically. Mm-hmm. So I wish they did edit, but maybe song to song. Mm-hmm. cutting out some songs but yeah you want to make them a little roomy though to where you could put in other kinds yeah. of breaks or like layer sure. stuff over and come back to it so yeah, yeah. i like the production when i was listening to i felt weirdly nostalgic like it sounded like <laughs> 2004 kind it of does. it really uh, does yeah like the textures that. of it or something it, but it's like post apex twin kind of sound yeah like Ping pongy, yeah. Post Daft Punk, post Apex, kind of. Yeah, uh, but it was kind of more, had a more European kind of sensibility of where, like, you know, stuff like glitch and like micro house, yeah, micro house and all that stuff. You know, it was really popular in the late '90s in Europe. 
Yeah. I will say, of course, they're probably taking grooves from, you know, a bunch of different dance groups that I don't know of because I don't have that great of knowledge of it. But it didn't for uh, house kind of sounding music. It didn't sound groove Robbie. Which right now there's a moment going on with people doing 90s house and Mm -hmm. dance music and stuff that totally sounds Beyonce. The See, last Beyonce I, album. I, I did not want to say that. I did not want to say the B word. <laughs> well, we don't want we don't want to stir the bay. The hives. Lightly. But I, I mean, for, she's like editing half of those songs away. But anyway, I thought everybody so was like always, by the time this airs, the whatever the man, album she's be just whittled down to a nub. She's performing in Dubai, so whatever. Fuck, fuck Beyonce. I know, but anyway, she does like her house version on her new couple of singles, mm-hmm. and I think it just sounds a little pandering groove rob well it's like one not original where i felt what she's sampling in her song there's like it's like it's literally just like a karaoke set honestly i don't know i always feel people are trying to catch up to beyonce now it feels like she's trying to chasing it chasing something maybe i don't know i think it's just that she uh well i think right now 90s is a very hot touchstone and a very hot like reference point in everything in fashion and music and design and whatever tv and then film um 90s is hot i mean it's it's the 20 year cycle kind of thing right we're kind of in that Mm -hmm. 20 30 year cycle or whatever but it's also like you're saying it's it's not just the it's like the context around them does play into what this record feels like and and sounds like like it it feels love its era but I don't. It's hard to describe exactly. It it, it has yeah. the textures of the era, but it's like the, it's that backwards. era done right. It's like right. what you wish most of those artists were doing, and were being a little mm. less up their own ass. Yes, there you, you go. know, yeah. <laughs> and like creating yeah. something that was a little bit more, yeah, like patient and less showy and like it, fucking, you know, yeah. It feels, uh, of course, it feels, you know, like a conversation with it, with its influences, this album. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it feels um, it's not trying to outsmart its influences. Right there. You know, right. It's, it's, well, it's uh, not trying to be. To they're not doing the LCD thing, it. right? Yeah. yeah. But I think some way or another, they come up with a pretty original sound, I would say. So I got to give yeah. them credit for that. I would agree. I think, you know, they definitely took the the different elements of the things they like, whether it's, you know, certain synth tones and textures or the way that uh, a beat drops or the way that a beat, even the, the way that the, the drums have distortion or sound or certain things that, that are, you know, very specific to certain styles, but they bring it all together and kind of make it, make it their own. To where, yeah, I think if you put on one of their songs, you kind of know, like, oh, this is a Junior Boy song, even if maybe you hadn't heard it before. Yes, um, I, I think especially because, like, I had, I think I'd heard more of the "So This Is Goodbye" than this one in in my history, and that one it definitely feels like an extension of this one or an evolution of this one, but it still has that kind of same feel, the same kind of sensuous synthy kind of thing going on. Um, almost to a you know even more extent, which is why I think that one also is maybe a little bit more acclaimed than this one. But I think these guys just did took a lot of what their peers were doing and made it a little bit more refined and made it their own and and were very successful. But at the at doing that, but yeah. so, for some reason, 
I don't know if that necessarily translated into this being a, you know, a classic record or uh, along the, right. the, the, you know, it's not like this is the knife or LCD yeah. or one of these other electronic artists from that era where, you know, they're still kind of being called up and, you know, who's name checking the junior, totally. you know, who's name checking junior boys in 2023. I don't know. Yeah. And there's yeah. something, and this isn't like a hard critique of it, but there's something a little under ambitious about it. You know, it mm. still has like maybe one foot in the warehouse, in the club and not in the studio, you know, whether like you're referencing the knife, it's like, we're going to do a full blown like statement album, you know, like just album capital a mm -hmm. this seems a little bit like like a what do you call that like a proof of concept or whatever well you know also, um yeah you gotta well, remember that this is also kind of a bedroom record right so this right, is right right there you go you know this is definitely has that feel of like this is like them collecting things that they've been putting together over a period of years and it all sits together really well but it's not like you're saying it, it's it's not it's not maybe as cohesive as the next record is, you know, where, where it probably is, you know, they got a bigger budget. They got uh, probably a proper studio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like this is still a little bit more not raw or naive, but it's just a little bit more. It's the first, it's the first one, right? It's their debut. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, it's like a director's first movie, right? Like the pieces mm -hmm. are there. You can usually see what, you know, what, what's going to become, but maybe it's not all, you know, crystallized yet. Right. Yeah, I think it feels in some spots like a dance band that didn't come out of releasing singles in a club or DJ and stuff. And it's like, oh, this hit really works. You know, it feels like people who kind of set out to make a more studio album. So maybe it has it gets shaggy at, in parts mm -hmm. like needs to be a little kind of whittled down definitely as far as tone goes like there's at least three kind of slow songs on this album which is a little you know bogs it down so i feel like if they were more just going for a clubby kind of sound and just bring all slappers all bangers yeah like a six song kind of hour long just masterpiece in here which Left me a little frustrated with this. Yeah, it doesn't have that. I would say like I that banger, but like I, yeah, I, I think I feel like there's a masterpiece debut in here, but maybe they gave us too much stuff to kind of box yeah. it down. Or maybe they were just coming out of different kinds of clubs. You know, they're just like thing. I don't know. There's something. I don't know. Well, I think it's because it is, you know, it is the product of, of the label basically being like we like some of we like this stuff, but we want more. So it's kind of pulling like, you know, obviously some of these singles were released before birthday and high come down had already come out. So maybe they could have left those off and, and that could have had its own thing. But it's interesting because as refined as we're saying, you know, as I, as I said, as refined as all of the songs themselves are it, it, yeah, the whole piece as the whole thing as a piece is maybe could use a little bit of work i think that's yeah. where the the kind of the the debut spirit debut feeling comes in yeah you know where it's rather like more yeah don't try to write a great album just try to write six bangers like mm -hmm. yeah all right yeah well cool all right should we hear some of this yeah this fuck boy all right who's got a what or who's got a slap? 
Well, me I and Adrian think, share one, right? I think we all share one. Yeah. Uh, all three of us. And then yeah. there might be a couple of others that we share. As well. what, what's the one we all share? Well, under I only have one on here. So under the sun. Yeah. Under the sun. So yeah. that's like right smack dab in the middle. Not that there's only one slap on this, but that's, that's the one I wanted to highlight. But yeah. Yeah. I, that that's that's the highlight of the album for me it's interesting because it's also the longest track and we're yeah all, we're all kind of like it should be you know we could cut here but i think this one actually right should have should remain long i think it right. works as a long song i i you know, totally. in my notes i put that the extended track length here actually works to its benefit because it allows the song to kind of bloom at its own pace versus like you know if it was a little shorter maybe some of the some of the kind of like the twists and turns you're talking about, Noah. Some of those might come sooner, might feel a little bit less uh, interesting and a little bit more um, compressed. And I just think that it works really well here to have it kind of. It's not languorous or anything. It's not like no, slow. totally. It's just, I think the length it, is a, is a strength. Length yeah. is strength, baby. Tell <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, I I think it just allows it to kind of grow and evolve in its own way uh, over the seven minutes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like it's just a killer song. You know, it's got a yeah. great bass line, great groove. Yeah. I love the spacey guitar; it's very, very vibey. And mm-hmm. as I as I mentioned in the uh, a little bit before, is uh, I really like air and space in dance songs. Yeah. I think it allows you to kind of uh, breathe, and I don't know. It, it just mm-hmm. it feels more, maybe more organic, even if it's electronic, just because totally. there is some air in there. So it feels yeah. like almost you're yeah. in the room. Um, yeah. But it, this yeah. this one feels like their most the best use of a sample because they kind of sample oh, yeah. like a vocal throughout the whole song, so you get that riding groove the whole song. Like basically, it, it always retains that backbone, that element that carries mm-hmm. the whole song through. So it's the longest song on the album, but it feels like the one the only song that's not too long. Yeah, in exactly. A way. Yeah, um, I think I think this is a Stone Cold Slapper. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like the the amount of tension it creates, though, because it does have like that. Yeah, like that baseline and that beat are um, just riding out through the whole song. But then there's all these little undercurrents that are coming up and, you know, kind of creating all these little sinews of sound and everything that kind of create a little bit of sense of darkness, you know, and um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little menace, you know, like kind of coursing yeah. through it. Well, I think um, that's where some of the Krautrock Cosmish stuff, yeah, because like a lot totally. of that was kind of you know dark, uh, yeah, or dark feeling, dark, dark sounding, yeah. And then like you kind of get tension and repetition, you know, because you're like, what is going on? Why does this keep like repeating? Oh, I'm like, shit. When, when are we going to get some release here, you know, and that kind of like we fucked up, we got to go back to the beginning, add a Krautrock chunk as well <laughs> where we just talk about kraut rock. rock yeah well just I mean, to connect it again i think i meant i don't know i feel like we mentioned that the you know definitely craft well, we work and kraut rock it. and everything is you know no, part the song of the has that here. kind of pulsating yeah it sounds like noise um yeah. and or a bunch i of put other in bands. my notes it reminded me of like uh it could almost fit in kind of a Michael Mann heist kind of a yeah, tangerine, tangerine dream, dream. very yeah, vaporwave for sure, sure. proto vaporwave because we all know Michael Mann's the 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 vaporwave goat. <laughs> I, I watched thief in the key bar. Yeah, I rewatched Heat 
again a couple nights ago. That's 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 like a gritty gritty wave. Dude, the two best shots in that whole movie is from Vincent Hanna's windshield POV. when he's driving oh, yeah. up to the crime scenes. Like it's so crazy lit and just like so vibrant. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so not even an action bright. scene. It's like the most yeah. supposed to be the most boring scene, but it looks the coolest. Just a dude pulling up to it. A- yeah. Well, you know, like Michael Mann's whole thing was he's like he would only find locations that no other movies had been shot yeah. in in LA, which is like almost yeah, impossible like at this point. A strip mall so, with like a billion yeah. neon lights. Yeah. But just yeah, his the like... the windshield POV of Pacino driving it. Ah, oh, anyway, you can cut yeah. this out. No, it's no, a, it's uh, just... not. Anytime, anytime we're going to talk about heat, you know, it's welcome, especially in the context of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend wave. who just watched it for the first time and it's become her favorite action movie now. There you uh, go. There's the power of heat. Yeah. LA crime story, baby. She felt the heat and she yeah. stayed in the kitchen. All right. Speaking yeah. of heat, let's play this song. This this is name. good heist music to bring it all together. I, I would do this on like on a heist, you know? Yeah. That's why I brought it up because it's like a little, man heist it's music. Like, it's like the building tension song for sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know, cutting a getting a little torch out, cutting into a safe or some shit. Yeah, exactly. All right. Do we have a time or should we just jump in? Um, I put some notes. I like the beginning. I think like that that initial drum hit, and then when they start to bring that like that liquidy spacey bass in it, you know, that kind of like establishes that. Like Noah saying, like the scaffolding of it. Um yeah. Yeah, it's the runway. Yeah, it's the runway. All right. Let's uh well let's hear this thing from the tippy top. So here is the runway, Adrian. Here is let's take off uh flying high <laughs> here on the podcast. Uh, here go is. ahead and taxi over there. Uh press play on song one, clear for day. And we are clear for okay. So here is Under the Sun from Junior Boys from the tip top. Under the sun. got a literal breath breathy vocal there yeah he keeps it pretty simple though on this song not too many too many lyrics Uh, i think it's only that one line uh let me let me let's let's try a little bit deeper in let's try about i don't know when to pinpoint the beat drop maybe like a minute 20 or something yeah let's try yeah it's, it's hard to locate i kept going back Like for me, the action is the juice. Or it's like I wear four hundred dollars slacks. I change cars like guys change clothes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like the submerged guitar lines here. It really, uh, I don't know. I've always liked that kind of, yeah, that kind of underplayed guitar in electronic music. It feels really 
when it's used more like a uh, an element than kind of a in your face thing as it is yeah. in like a, a you know a regular rock and roll band or whatever mm-hmm. um it's definitely much more vibey uh, but this song reminded me a lot of that uh that band studio i don't know if you remember them from a few years after this yes. oh no Yes. Um, they're like a uh, another. They're like actually. German or something. Yeah, I think they were Swedish. It's funny all Swedish. these bands, but but yeah, they they which had a similar kind of vibe where it's like kind of spy music slash heist music slash kraut rock kind of spacey thing. This they this song does it really well. And uh, let's hear a little bit more. How about a little bit deeper in? Let's try about four twenty. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. And then up to like the five minute mark is cool too. The yeah, had some space space lasers in there. All right, let's get to the five minute mark and see what we get. Here's about five thirty. Very vibey. Yeah, I like that. Just like that sheet of synth over that. It's cool. It's very warm. Yeah. Cool at the same time. Nice. Cool. Adrian, what's nice. your slapper? Well, I don't think we share any unless I'm mistaken, but I thought that Birthday was another great track. Obviously, it was one of their first singles i think it may have been their first single actually um but i like the bass line it's got like this weird kind of bouncy bubbly electronic distortion bass line thing going on mm-hmm. um along with synths i kind of wrote a little note here so like is this bubble pop because it kind of has like a weird kind of burbly bubbly feel but this and this one is like the opposite of under the sun this one's shorter and i think that works to its benefit because it is much more crisp and feels much more like a single right like it's it's only four yeah. minutes which is pretty sure i think the shortest one here is two minutes and that's kind of the instrumental bridge kind of song i think is this their attempt at that banger of like that the like track? yeah because it's the single of course but like i yeah i feel yeah. like it has the widest ambitions Yes, I I, yeah. I don't disagree with you there. But interestingly, I think that like it's kind of has like a almost minimal fe- feel to the layers of things going on. Like mm-hmm. the way yeah. that everything's kind of put together, it's very there's space between everything and it works really well for especially for a song that they're trying to make kind of into a bigger banger. Yeah. And this is one of their more popular songs. It has over um you know, just over a million listens uh on Spotify here. So I think a lot of people think it's it's uh, one of their best ones. Anyways, do you guys have any uh, other thoughts on birthday? Yeah, like I said, I, I like it because it's it's yeah it has a it has a big sound. You know, it's like stretches out and uh, yeah, it tries to be yeah more of a statement kind of jam, which is cool. Yeah, this one feels like it could have been bigger song, like a two thousand four Jetta commercial or something. <laughs> yeah, could have crossed over. Jetta, come on! That's a sexy Jetta. 
I feel like Jettas are too like uh what would it be maybe woodsy. Yeah, something sexier. Like a like a Audi. Something Beamer you can drive in Toronto or whatever. Yeah, an yeah. economy beamer, maybe. I don't know. The Volvo. Well, let's hear a little bit of this. So here maybe is maybe like um, a Hulu show montage and an episode <laughs> jam. Oh yeah, there you go. So here's a little bit of birthday. There's a, I'm going to play it from the chorus where, where it has like a really nice synth line that I like. And uh, it's reached a really kind of um, catchy chorus. So here is some of birthday by the junior boys or rather by junior boys. <laughs> Busted. You got me. You got me. Got the junior boys on the mind now. Okay. So here's birthday by junior boys. Oh, wait, postal service got all those checks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that all of the stuff that the postal service had in terms of like commercials and, you know, drops and movies, I think that these guys could have had that too. It just, they got beat to the punch. Yeah. Now I'm going to play a little bit more here. Here is some of the bridge, which I always appreciate when artists have bridges on songs. I feel like that's an underappreciated art. Although I think in dance music, it's more common. But uh, here is some more of Birthday by Junior Boys. just icy crispy synths yeah. and bouncy baseline i mean come on that's that's a sound that i feel like never song. goes out of style there's always somebody doing that mm-hmm. kind of that icy new wavy sound yeah captures it the imagination works. yeah yeah all right uh noah you got something for us another slap did we play uh, the first song yet the uh the very first song more than real yeah do we no, already we, play that? we haven't talked okay. about that no yeah i think this song with this one really kind of as soon as i heard it i was like oh yeah it reminds me a lot of that oh four oh three stuff i was listening to that kind of you know a little more on the dancier side than the indier poppier side kind of really trying to mesh the two I felt it's very exemplary of what was going on with what we're talking about with that. What'd you call it, Adrian? Indie something. Indietronica. Indietronica, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's true. It have, definitely has kind of that. I mean, similarity to birthday, it has that kind of feel of like of definitely of like it could be almost in a commercial or something. It's I it's it's a nice intro song. I don't know if it needs to be six minutes and 40 seconds long but it's uh yeah i like the track i don't know caleb do you have any thoughts i I, this is the one track where i was a little miffed by the uh vocals they're yeah they make sense but i don't know if they're applied that well um it doesn't move it towards the whack yeah zone but yeah it's a good way to start off an album so i don't know maybe like yeah trim a little bit and 
I'm a little yeah, less I'm, horny. I'm always know. a little perplexed that the guy sings the whole time. Like that's right. a, that's curious. Like right. I could see doing a hook that you loop or whatever, but like mm-hmm. why? Why mm-hmm. is there verse, chorus, verse to a lot of these songs? That's I think that is setback. Yeah, that's like the the new wave, like pop, eighties pop kind of influence. Yeah, trying to yeah, kind of rein in a little bit more yeah. structure to, yeah, yeah kind of dance I mean, music. Right. I mean, Depeche Mode had verses, chorus. You know, all of the, yeah, a lot that's of that's true. You know, like a little too many lyrics but anyways we're gonna hear a little bit of that and then go into the wax all right let's uh yeah let's finish her off unless you had another one caleb no i yeah i thought under the sun was the one that um was the, the slappiest so awesome all right well let's then here is some more than real to finish us off here by junior boys and i'm just gonna play this from the from the tippy top yeah just play it out. We'll take a break. Come back with the wax. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here is more than real. I'm gonna take a peek. Let's uh, talk wax. What's whack about this album? Am I the think? only one that has one? I have I a minor one. Yeah, I have a minor quibble. Mm. I have... have a, yeah, what do you got? You got a, you got a full on whack? Yeah, man. I got beef with the title a whack track. to completion. I think the title track is whack. Is whack. <laughs> that track. Got to add that to our soundboard. That track is whack. whack. You do it live. Um, yeah, this is one of the slow songs. And it's kind of like, what's the point? What am I? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> what? What is what, this? What thing? is this? Scene? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's tedious. It's, it's like interesting. The, it's like thin blue line or whatever, thin red lines. Like, what is this thing? I yeah. had it as a honorable mention, but mostly just because I wanted to mention that I I like the air and space of the tracks, but I already talked about it extensively, so. But that's the only reason I kind of really thought they were uh, yeah. this and the high come down before it because they were kind of the most airy of all the tracks and the kind of the most ex- uh, extended in a way, just the way that the beats shape out where it's kind of like, kind of, sp- I don't know, spread out maybe. This, it's hard to explain, but it, you know, the beat's a little bit more, a little slower and a little bit more extended. So it feels like a little bit more um, open. And I think that's kind of the deal with both of those tracks, especially, uh, yeah, High Come Down, Last Exit. Yeah. I have High Come Down as, like, that's the one I have as a minor wax, so we can we can talk about that after, after we give this little boy spin. All right, well, uh, here, I'll just play a, a little snippet from Last Exit, and then we can hear a little snippet from High Come Down. Yeah, for sure. Um, so here that's all is we a little bit of Last Exit, the titular track from the record. And I'm going to get, let's try, let's see what we get a minute and uh, 15 in. (laughs) 
I think it was really just the vocals. <laughs> yeah. And it's the it's like the vocal pattern too, not just it's like the the delivery. It's a little I don't know. It's it's interesting because it reminds me of another song, but I can't place it. Um, yeah. It feels very much of its time. Uh, that yeah. vocal take and the way that he's yeah. putting it all together. That's the thing about this show. We're always coming back to those pesky vocals. <laughs> yeah, it's really make or break for a lot of these artists. Yeah. You know, yeah. What do we talk? What are we going to talk about on the? Exp- Explosions in the sky episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here's a little bit of High Come Down, the other track that we think is a, I little, come down? a little whack. High Come Down. Down off that high. It's like a high, come down. I've never come down, so I don't know. I stay high. Yeah, this sounds like a parody song. Like yeah. <laughs> Dick in the box or something. That's so funny because I have it. It sounds like a Timberland era, like JT song. I mean, you spruce it up a little bit and you throw them on there. It would fit next to what you know. Wait, play some more of that. I think I'm coming around on that song. <laughs> I feel a little tingle. Nah, it's too hard. Very blue-eyed soul, northern soul. Yeah, definitely. It, I yeah, it, I think it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Jamie Liddell. Uh, mm. It's another. You know, oh yeah. White. It reminds me of uh, what is it? What's that? My bloody Valentine song, "Soft as Snow." Oh, some warm inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that kind of halted, yeah. halted yeah. kind of herky jerky kind yeah. of thing going. Yeah. There's a whole world where all of my bloody Valentine sounded like that song. Thank God we don't live in that. One. It's a good no, one. I love that song. Dude. That shit no, rules. I do too. Um, I do too. Yeah. But you know, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm a loveless guy. Yeah, I'm a. Like I said, I only have minor quibbles with the song. It's just I don't know. It's, it's a neat song. Like it's you know it's well well made, but I don't know. I think it just fakes the funk a little bit. And that's always I'm always gonna have issue with that fake funk alert. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Justin Timberlake song that Pitchfork really liked album. The Crimea one that's like River. Uh, the one with no, it was the one that uh, it was like oh, oh, the, the yeah, future sex yeah, love yeah. sounds. But yeah, it kind of sounds like that, that era. Uh, they like that later one too. Twenty twenty vision or something. What was it yeah, called? Yeah, I downloaded that one. I think I bought that. Yeah, one. that dude's yeah. doing too much. Well, that dude sucks. So yeah, yeah fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyways, anyways, go back to the woods, Justin. <laughs> What's next? Right on, right on. Right. So yeah, let's rate let's it. rate this. Let's yeah, let's rate it. Shit, it's a tough one to rate. No. I know, man. I find myself well. Canadian numbers or gotta knock off point five. We yeah, we gotta do the metric, right? Yeah, what's American the exchange rate? I'm floating like I feel like a seven nine is too harsh, and an eight zero oh, is too generous. <laughs> too generous. <laughs> 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 I only do one decimal place too. I know. I, got that Can I give a seven point seven point nine nine nine. No, I'd have to get a more expensive calculator. No, I'm gonna give it a fucking seven point nine. Okay, seems fair. Fair. That's fair. Seems harsh, as I said. There's no. some like there's like three or four nine songs. 
Mm-hmm. But there's like five or six whatever songs. So yeah. yeah. So this could be like a nine point five EP if yes. uh, they yeah. trimmed it. Okay. Okay. I see you. Seven uh, nine. Yeah. Okay. In that vein, I think I'm the. I I think uh, you're in the right ballpark, but I I'm gonna go up until the into the eights. I'm gonna say it's an eight point one. Oh, you know, 81 kind of I like the era that they're yeah no i mean i like it a lot and i think i'll revisit this record at some point but I, you know i don't know mm-hmm. if it's an eight nine or even like an eight five i think eight ones i think that's you know it's solid but um yeah, yeah i think it was that, like this album was never nothing to you it's <laughs> <laughs> um, almost as if we don't have a deep history with it <laughs> <laughs> right um, uh yeah well that's just a good point you know if i may be spending more time with this would it no nostalgia in our scoring well there you go there you go that's it that's exactly true. Uh, this is this is free of rose cancel that out of yep. rose color now um, now we'd look through it with shit colored glasses <laughs> yeah eight one that's my uh that's my final eight one final offer. yeah i'm gonna give it a eight flat honestly um it's it's good but like i said it's kind of difference huh? it doesn't lack ambition it, it, it just something that's not next level about it that i feel like it wants to be you know so like an eight yeah fair enough fair enough yeah so that gives it an eight so that's that's the cumulative mm, is that twice in a row that the uh, that your choice has been the end, the end score yeah well it's just the way the math worked out just doesn't can't argue math. with the math Gotta respect the man. I think an eight is fair. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. That's about right. Uh, all in all, yeah, this album's good. The seven eight Enjoyable. nine. Yeah. Definitely worth listening to. Yeah. Nice little nice little curio from that time. Nice, nice surprise. It's it's cool to stumble upon it. I'll leave yeah, you I with think... this question. If someone were to ask you, hey, you fucks with the junior boys? <laughs> Like I haven't heard that name in forever. But you're you're saying like yeah, at the end of the day, right? You you know what? Actually, I do. Yeah, that last episode, that's a neat album. You know what? You got me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know that album's pretty neat. Yeah, it's, new they, scale they were... fucks with scale. Hey, you fucks with the G. You fucks. The new answer. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that uh, Joe Pesci was on. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. We got two more hours, so let's go. Yeah, let's keep it going. <laughs> We're gonna ring in my birthday on this episode. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, two hours ten minutes. Let's do it. All right. Um, uh, now let's put this baby to sleep because I think so, that's what I have to do after this. All right. Officially, eight point huh? Eight point album. Eight point um, Whatever happened to this album? Band? They made a bunch still of around. Yeah, they're, yeah. I don't think they're, they've ever playing they right now. It is or some point. Yeah, they're in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm about I, to hop in the car. I think like, they did up, maybe Noah. take a break at some point. I can't. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But I believe maybe they took a break. Either way, they've been putting out records regularly uh, since 2004. Uh, cool. Yeah. You know what? I I just kind of realized. Just kind of had a little intrusive thought. This album's good and everything, but it definitely doesn't make me want to review another album of this ilk for at least a while we'll put some distance yeah yeah between like that and fucking whatever whatever else we determined but what if we did something like apex twin or something like that like, that would be little, a, the classics you know that's a little different 
Uh, what but if I think we did like the books, like, Lemon of the Pink, oh something like that? No, we're, no, we're not. We're not touching those books. We're burning those books, bro. All right. But you know, if we did Caribou or like you know, yeah, coffee or something, it might be a little too little. No, yeah, I'm gonna need some time. I'm we gonna need, need some a lot time. of time. We need a lot of time. Yeah, I did. I did fucks with Caribou. Me uh, too. And yeah. Manit- uh, Manitoba. Yeah, but anyways. Just a little thought. Actually, mm. speaking of Caribou, that uh, Daphne record from last year, his uh, other alias. Very oh. good. Very, very good. Nice. Right. That's nice. I'll check that out. You uh, fucks with the birds <laughs> to Canada? You uh, with Caribou? You fucks with Manitoba? You uh, fucks with like 2002 Danger Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> got some of that uh, danger mask. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Anyway, you got a game for us? Yeah, what's your game? What's your game? Okay. In lieu what's of your a game, game, girl, to quote Charles Manson? Yeah. In lieu of a game, I say we just do it right here, right now. We'll do like a little draft. Let's do top five Canadian musicians. Top five plus one, right? Plus There's one. We'll do the six man. And I'm, Thanks, man. I was gonna say bands and musicians, no, but let's do all solo. So, oh, okay, solo. okay, so, all right, yeah. all right. Oh, that, that's interesting. Okay, all right. Who wants to start us off first? I mean, I think we all. I don't want to speak out of turn, but number one for me is Neil Young. Would you disagree? Yeah, dude, Young number Neil, one, baby. I mean, yes, but also I think Joni Mitchell would be my number one. So Joni is my number two. Okay. All right. So I don't have Joni Mitchell, so you guys can put that at number one or two. All right. I think that's good. I think, okay, let's do, so Noah, Neil, number one. Me, Joni, number two. Number two. I'm not saying this should be number three, but for my shit and for kind of the new direction of music, I think a Canadian that has had an indelible uh, impact on my listening and a certain sector of music is is one tim hecker i Ooh. have him on there oh i didn't tim I hecker. forgot he's committed t hex yeah. baby Fucking tim hecker again okay. ultra violent like noise guy or something piano drop no he's like an ambient he does some noise stuff does some ambient stuff he's super prolific super at the top of his game that's your third <laughs> Well, like I said, I, I, I do not see. Um, what I don't know. Cer- if these are necessary. I do not no. know if we need a Canadian list that has Rush or any other sort of canonical bullshit on there. And Tim Eckert. So you well put known. him over Paul Schaefer. Over Leonard. What, I, what I'm saying is, I am not very. I would. Interested. I would actually. I think I, absolutely. Like I'm okay, not okay. interested in doing like whatever. So what is you it? See on a loud say? wire right, YouTube so video about the, the hockey top player Canadians. you just said, Tim Heckler. The hockey player, Jesus. You never listened to Tim Hecker? No, great, I man. have. He's yeah. great. But yeah, I mean, I just, we great. don't need to. We don't need to keep serving the canon. As long as I'm, I'm just. That's all I'm saying. All right. all I'm Who's saying. up next? Four. Caleb, you can go yeah. again for. Oh, let's do style, went first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, serpentine draft. Yeah. Yikes. Um. Well, he's my only uh, other solo guest on here. Um. So. I guess I could break up the band, but I'm the one for fucking robbie robertson on there. so i don't know uh, I solo like, robbie yeah. i don't know about that just name one other canadian what other canadian okay i'm gonna put um from the band blasphemy color of the storms um he's a guitar player he's sick leonard cohen maybe like i'm saying 
VH1's already touched on it. I don't, I don't, I don't really know why we need to talk about it. All right, number one, we got Neil Young. Number two, Joni Mitchell. Number three, Tim Heckler. Number four. Someone else can say? have number four. No, it's fine. What'd you <laughs> so, just say? No, we could so, call her the storms, dude. From call blasphemy. Her the storm, from blasphemy. <laughs> but Adrian. We could slot in somebody else. What do you got at five? I'm gonna throw in, you know, just in the spirit of the podcast, I'm gonna throw in Feist. Feist. Nice. <laughs> feisty Feist. And off the bench, six all six foot six of them win butler oh i don't know <laughs> not, leave him on the bench I, he's, I a, he's a good bat he's a good ball <laughs> no i don't oh. want him on my uh i don't want him on the list here let's uh let's uh who's the who's the alternate there six paul schaefer off the bench paul world's most dangerous band hell yeah, yeah. i also got vouch for his music uh <laughs> it's um it's not that great Okay, so let's break it down. Number one, Neil Young. Number two, Joni Mitchell. Number three, Caleb. What did you say? Tim Hecker. Tim Hecker. Number four, Caleb. What did you, you know? Do? I'm going to change my number four to um, somebody who wasn't Canadian but made their career in Canada. Super great soul singer, Jackie Shane. Shout out. You guys should okay. check her out. That great. counts. Trans woman artist. She's American. Adrian, but, um, number five. It's part of the Toronto Feist. thing in the 60s. Feist. And number six. In uh, Butler with an asterisk. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> Paul Schaefer, yeah. <laughs> also off the bench, we got Leonard Cohen, Howard Shore. Uh, Oscar, Oscar Peterson. Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Maharaja Piano, as Ooh. he was called. You got um, A.D. Lang. A.D. Lang, lowercase. All right, All right stop naming stuff. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Casey Mercer. Oh, yeah. Daniel Beckner. You got Wolf Parade. I just All named right. I just named Wolf Parade. All right. Very well. Hey, shout out Canada. Keep producing all that great music and solo artists. We look to we look to you. We look to the north. The great white north. Our neighbors to the north. The north remembers. Is that from is that a thing? We don't no. talk about that anymore. None of this is usable. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for thanks for the game no thank you for the stimulating conversation so yeah come back next episode because it will be our greatest episode and that's not because it'll be any good but uh because we'll be talking about cat powers album the greatest which actually came yeah. out uh 17 years ago this month and in, in 06 year? 06 06 damn wow wow, yeah, wow. very long time ago great album greatest album some might say she's um, not canadian right she is not but she no. is a follower of me on twitter what oh. follower of mine on twitter that's right oh. i don't even follow you on twitter tease, i'm not tease. on twitter save it tease <laughs> it's cool uh right on. so we might have a guest a special guest next yeah. chan as i like to call her um sean Cool. John, oh, it's pronounced Sean. Oh I man, so, yes, yeah. I've been trouble. listening to this album already. Spoiler, it's a slapper. She recently played in uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh yeah, she did. All right, Still shut it. up. End the show. All right, <laughs> all right. our misery. <laughs> all right, thank you, Junior Boys. It was great. At uh, thanks, Kiki, for our slapping theme song. Adrian, thank you for your production. 
Noah, thank you for your bits and your pace. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. Check out some, check out our website, wackerslaps.com. And uh, make sure you follow us um, at wackerslaps on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, or at our Gmail, wackerslaps at gmail.com. Uh, for Noah and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Whack or Slaps. And as always, I ask, you fuck with the junior boys? <laughs> yeah, I fuck with the junior boys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>